Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, gorgeous peeps, just giving you a trigger warning for today's episode. This episode is not suitable for little ears, so just be warned. And we do talk about human trafficking and all that comes with that. So please use your discretion to listen to this with an open heart and open ears, and you may just cry. Hello and welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. We are so glad you're here with us today. I am one of your hosts, Amy Ravel. And I'm the other one, Kirsty Ferrigia. And we have a special, special, dear, precious guest with us today. And it's Michelle from Eden Ministries. So, hey, Michelle. Hey, beautiful ladies. How are you? We so are. good. So good. Um, Shell and I went to high school together. So we've known each other since we were like 13 and 14. Just a couple of years ago. Just, eh? <laughs> just a little whip back into the past. <laughs> and Kirst, you've known Michelle probably for 20 years or more, maybe maybe 20 years. No, more. I had both of you as my youth group kids. Yeah, probably 20 years ago. No, even 25, a while yeah, ago, a long time ago. 25. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Last year, just last year. Because right, that means, Shell, we've known each other for nearly 30 years. Yeah, that sounds about right. Whoa, baby. Well, anyway. you, we were in high, I, my, you were in my husband's year level. Yes. And we've been married 16 years and we were together for like eight before that. So it's, the, yeah, like it's approaching 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That makes really me feel time. really old. <laughs> And Shell and I have our kids at the same primary school. Yes. So Elijah goes to school with Shell's kids. They live just around the corner from us. Um, So lots and lots of connections. But Shell, why don't you tell us about why you're on the podcast today and a bit about Eden, because that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah, uh, I would love to do that. Um, So firstly, I didn't say before, but thank you so much for having me on. You are just two beautifully inspiring women. So I love um, sort of tracking life with you for the last maybe 30 years. So thank you, beautiful women. Um, Yeah, so Eden. Eden is an organisation that that has a vision of seeing a world in which no one is bought or sold. So what that looks like for us is that we work in six key cities throughout Asia and we walk into the red light districts and we take a message of hope and love um, and opportunity and freedom to these, uh, these victims of human trafficking and sexual exploitation. So um, the thing that a lot of us here in Australia don't know is that human trafficking today in 2020 continues to be the fastest growing criminal industry in the world. So that is the buying and selling of humans, to be clear. Um, and 
it generates 150, actually it generates over 150 billion US dollars every year. So this is a massive issue. And um, 98, uh, sorry, of that 150 billion, uh, about two thirds, it's, it's approximately 99 billion um, US dollars every year is generated through the commercial sexual exploitation of individuals. So these, these numbers are sort of things that when I talk to people or chat to the mums in the schoolyard or, you know, just have those random chats with people in a cafe or whatever, and they're like, what do you do? No one, none of us know, like, we just don't know. We don't know how big an issue it is. And, and of that, in that sort of commercial sexual exploitation space, 98% um, of the victims are women and girls. And the average age of a modern day slave is 12. So if you kind of like, I sort of started macro explaining like human trafficking and, and broadly modern day slavery, but then we even really have a, uh, have a heart for, um, for rescuing these victims that are specifically uh, trafficked for sexual exploitation or forced marriage. And forced marriage is increasingly becoming an issue, particularly in the areas of Asia that we operate in. So, um, so we're doing a lot in that space as well, get it going into those countries where that is a huge issue. Um, and really uh, trying to intervene in those situations. So that's us um, at, at sort of top level. I guess the, the, the cool bit that I want to share is that, that when we're out there, when we're, when we're literally just in those red light districts, those vulnerable communities and those trafficking hubs, um, and we're taking that message of hope, the next step is that um, we're also sharing um, exit strategies, opportunities to get out, slipping phone numbers, you know, jump in the taxi, call this number, we'll meet you, doesn't matter what time we have, you know, a man phone that's 24-7, of course. And um, and then rescue can happen. And that's when the, when sort of it's, it's when opportunity and desperation collide that these um, women and these girls will uh, escape. And, um, and we have so many amazing stories of how that has happened, but it's taken a huge amount of courage um, on in, in the lives of so often these incredibly young individuals. Um, but when we are able to bring them into the care of Eda and they, um, they come into an environment which offers safe shelter, um, a, a truly dignified environment for them to just heal and be, and, um, and sort of then we journey with them for, for as long as it takes, um, giving them, as I said, safe shelter, but trauma-informed care, um, creative therapies, like we do a lot of dance therapies and art therapies. And, um, and it's a proven fact that creativity and, and creative therapies like this help with the um, with trauma recovery. It helps, um, you know, it helps this healing process. So we do a lot of dance and a lot of art, a lot of really fun things with the girls, um, rediscover their bodies, take ownership back of their bodies, empower them. Um, and then I guess the last piece of that puzzle that I'll share with you before I take a breath is that um, we're very much about then, you know, educating the girls and the women. So often um, they come to us with very little, if any, education. And so it's, it's education and vocational training and then um, employment, which provides um, economic empowerment and ideally the breaking of this cycle of if you were to leave the in um, program, not falling back into the cycle of being re-trafficked. Um, so that employment is into our global jewellery social enterprise. So that's a big part of what we've got going on in Australia. Um, so that's Eden to start off with. <laughs> Thanks so much, Shell. We, um, our heart for people is freedom 
Um, and so that is why we love Eden Ministries so much, because although when we talk about freedom, it's in relation to um, freedom from clutter and that can be head, heart and home clutter. Um, but we also recognise that that is a very first world problem to have mm. and that for the majority of the people around the world, this problem of clutter in their homes isn't a problem, isn't yeah. um, their, their problem. Um, they might have clutter in their heads and their hearts. That is the freedom that you um, offer through your organisation is yes. that and, and true freedom from sexual exploitation. And so we are super excited to be partnering with Eden Ministries um, mm. so that we can see um, women and children truly free um, and free to pursue their own hopes and dreams in this life. Um, and so we're so excited about this partnership. So Amy, do you want to tell us, tell people what we're doing, what that looks yeah. like for us? So um, we're going to get Shell to share uh, just some stories and some specifics of what happens in Eden, what happens in Asia and their um, teams there, and also what the Australian team looks like and that type of thing. Um, but we wanted to, first of all, explain to you guys how you're already involved in Eden, even though you may never have heard of it before. As a company, The Art of Decluttering, um, Kirsten and I have a real heart to partner with charities. And so we made a business decision at the start of this, I can't even remember the start of this financial year, I think, Kirsten, we decided um, yeah. that we were going to give a certain percentage of every dollar that comes through our doors. And so that's before we pay ourselves, before we pay any of our staff, and that percentage goes straight to Eden. So that means that every person that joins our online courses is giving money to Eden. It means that every person that gets us into their home to do decluttering sessions is contributing to Eden. It means that every person that listens to the podcast and an ad plays in your ears, you are contributing to Eden. So even though you have possibly never heard of Eden, and we just wanted to encourage you that just by partnering with us as a business, you are making an impact on women's and girls' lives across Asia and across the world. And so when you listen to all the stories that Shell shares, you're part of that already. And so we mm, want to thank so you good. for enabling us to do this as a business because it's only because of you guys that we get to do this because it's your investment in us that allows us to invest in Eden. So with that said, <laughs> Shell, tell us more. Give us all the things. You've got me, Ames. I'm all like teary already, um, which always <laughs> <So> happens. <laughs> so, um, because I've got to tell you, I'm going to take you right back. The tears, let me explain those tears. Because, you know, when I first learned of Eden, and maybe we can share that story in a bit, but, um, but my heart initially was like, we need to know about this in Australia and we have to do something in Australia. And I kind of just came at it, just it was like, start this thing 101 um and it was like we need to raise money yes so tick that is that is amazing that you guys every month without without any hoo-ha or anything you just so humbly just put a deposit in the Eden Australia bank account and I just stumble across it and I'm like wow you guys are amazing um so you're you're ticking my very first kind of I've got to help finance this and then the second the second 
um, I guess, heart that I had for it in a way was that people need to know. And so just by you now sharing this on your podcast, we need to raise awareness because what that does is it mobilizes us as a United Army to speak up, to start thinking about things like, um, you know, who made the shirt that's on my back. We need to think about our supply chains um, of everything that's in our house that we consume. Um, is there um, modern day slavery? Is there forced labor? Um, and we need to speak up to, you know, I think one of the problems that we often have in Australia is we're like, um, I don't know how I can help young girls being sold for sex on the streets in Asia. I get that. I get it. But we just need to use our voices. And, you know, my background was in the travel industry and, and it brought me to tears one day when I had the opportunity to share about Eden to, to a group of um, travel agents. And, um, and this one really young girl who was a frontline travel agent, she said, she came up to me afterwards and she said, Michelle, I know that a gentleman that books a regular trip to a certain country in Asia does it for the wrong reasons. And I've always just kind of turned a blind eye to it. I get a commission from his booking. I get, you know, she kind of explained that. And then she said, but do you know what? Today I'm going to stop doing that. And she's like, I know that he will find another way to book his holiday, but not on my watch. Like not in my, I am not going to be a part of that cycle. And, and she's totally right. He will book it online. He'll book it with someone else. He'll, but she's made a stand. And I think that is incredibly powerful. And Kirst, you mentioned freedom before. That's really freeing for her to, mm. to have thought about that, to have thought about, am I contributing now? Like, can I, you know, you could say technically not, she wasn't, but just all of us to make these kind of informed decisions in our life, whether it's the t-shirt that we buy for our kids, um, whether it's decisions that we made make in our place of employment in the travel industry, for example, um, it is actually, there is a lot of power in what we do. And so often the issue of human trafficking confronts people with the, and this is exactly how it started for me. Um, it's too big. It's the fastest growing criminal industry in the world today. There's 45.8 million victims of modern day slavery. How can I possibly make a difference? And you know what? Just each of us, I've just got to do one thing. Like just start with one thing. Kirsten, Amy donating funds regularly makes such a difference. Um, speaking up, talking about it. You know, if you've got friends going to Thailand, how about we don't go to Patpong Road and look at the women in that in those bars like their products and contribute to the demand. Even if we're not buying it, we're going there and looking at it like it's a tourist attraction. That's not okay. And when we start to really unpack that and we start to think, actually, I've heard about modern day slavery, I've heard about sexual exploitation. And even though it was just a stroll down the street, all those things actually really matter and if we can all just do those little things we will we will make a difference so um yeah that's that's a really long way of saying the tears were because um from the beginning we said that Eden Australia would raise finances and we would raise awareness and you guys are helping us do that and I love you so much for it so um thank you um I thought the other thing that I might um share with you um uh, just listening to you talk curse before about that decluttering of our homes which we definitely need in the Western world. Um, in, uh, at the end of February this year, um, a group of, a small team of uh, volunteers from Eden in Australia went to Myanmar. That's the key place that a lot of our work happens at the moment. There is not a lot of other NGOs operating in that space. It's a nation that only opened up in uh, 2015. So before then it was kind of under military rule and it wasn't a, a, a place that many NGOs at all have kind of established themselves. And 
Eden really went in there. We saw that need, that incredible need. And, and so we set up in Myanmar in 2014. And now that's kind of really where our, our key hub is, if you will. But this group of um, volunteers went from Australia early this year and we spent some time, we spent, we spent time with the beautiful women and we made some jewellery side by side with them. We spent some time um, talking about, um, you know, plans for development and growth in that nation of the work of Eden. Um, we're about to embark on a massive, well, we have embarked on a massive build project and maybe I'll circle back to that and tell you a bit about that in a minute. Um, but one of the days we went out into the, um, to the vulnerable communities, the slum communities, where a large portion of the girls that we encounter in the red light districts in the cities come from. And, um, and you know, we, I don't know whether we call it culture shock. I don't know whether we, I don't, I don't know what the right term for it is, but our, our team that were there, just to see the environment in which these individuals are living, and to learn of the desperation. And I would never say, I would never, I can't ever imagine myself ever getting to a point of desperation, and I won't, I live in Australia, um, that I would even remotely consider the sale of one of my children so that I could feed mm. the others, right? We just, we just can't get our head around that. We've, we've all got kids. Like, it's not something that I, but you know what? You walk into this place and all of a sudden my mind goes from getting kind of really angry at those individuals that sell their kids, right? To going, wow, what would I do? Actually, really, really, if, can I put myself in their shoes and can I arrive at that point that I would be so desperate that I would consider selling one of my children to sell the uh, to feed the other eight? You know, and that's kind of that's the reality of what they're dealing with, and that's what our teams are saying right now. So the impact of COVID this year, it, you know, the um, the UN ODC uh, published a, um, it's the United Nations Office of Drug and, Drugs and Crime published an article at the very beginning of sort of COVID, in, in a sense, raising awareness and, and warning us that the issue of human trafficking exponentially increases in a time of crisis. And they were saying, you know, we just announced that COVID was a pandemic. And, and, and this is kind of, in, in essence, what they were, the article was kind of warning us of. And and that's exactly what we've seen. What has happened as a result of COVID is that these vulnerable communities are already are moving into a place of lockdown um, and curfew. They rely on daily income. What I earn that day, I feed my family with that night. So when they're pushed into this desperate situation of I'm not allowed out of my house, even though it's a tiny bamboo hut um, and it has nine people in it and social distancing isn't a possibility. Actually, that's a luxury that we have in the Western world to be able to social distance. Yes. Um, they, they can't earn money that day. Um, they can't feed their families. And then these crime syndicates and um, traffickers swoop into these vulnerable communities and offer big money, what they think it's not big money to us. It's like, you know, $200 for an individual, you know, like just heartbreaking stuff. So we've seen this huge increase in, um, in the issue, just as, you know, I guess we sort of anticipated that we would. And I want to share with you just this little story, um, beautiful story of 
a, a situation that's happened literally over the last couple of weeks, if I may. You girls have got to remember just to give me the slow down or stop talking, Michelle. We're loving it, Michelle. Michelle, we're hanging on every word that you say, and I'm sure I can guarantee our listeners are as well. So just we, uh, this is going to be the silent Kirsty and Amy show, and this is <laughs> All right, we've got a deal, but you start waving when it's, um, and I'll pause when I start crying. But so... I'm going to say two weeks ago, give or take a couple of days, um, our team went out into the red light districts. We're talking about um, in Myanmar, knowing, just keep in mind the scenario that I've just explained to you. So incredible desperation. Um, You know, we're hearing things in the red light districts from girls that are standing on the streets, selling themselves for sex, um, saying things like, I'm not scared of this virus. I'm scared of dying of starvation. So that's sort of the, this is the level of desperation that we're finding is, is occurring in these, in these countries. And um, anyway, our team was out and they came across this girl, teenage girl in a pink nighty with Dumbo, you know, like Dumbo the elephant, like that's the nighty that she's wearing. So she's young, child. she's a child and she's in the, um, and we met her that night, our team met her and spent some time with her and spoke to her um, about a possible exit strategy. As it happens, um, it's not it's not normal that we would just meet someone and run. That's not how we work. We need to be able to go back into those red light districts time and time again. So we don't, it's, it's not like how Hollywood makes it look. You just run in there and you rescue them and you're really strong, burly men and you get out of there. That's not what it looks like. Our outreach team are predominantly women. We just go and we build trust and friendship these are highly traumatized individuals yeah Mm. so it's not like let's get in there and rip them out like hollywood shows us it's build trust it's establish a connection and often um sorry i'll take a little bit of a sidetrack but stay with me um often what happens in the cycle of trafficking is trafficking and re-trafficking so you're bought or you're sold you're initially tricked um then you're on sold potentially sold again and again so trust so for these young, young, vulnerable individuals to have some, a, a group of nice, lovely local women come and start talking to you and say, they will give you freedom, restoration, employment, education. It's like, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before. So it doesn't work. Like we just walk in there, tell them those things and we all walk out together. Um, so it's, it's a process. Anyway, so our team's in this particular area that night and we start the process. We meet the girl in the pink nighty for the first time and they start the process. They definitely show her and talk to her about opportunities and share a phone number and that sort of thing. Um, But then they leave. You know, we go to multiple sites on that one night. um, But a couple of days later, our team were um, driving down a busy road in Yangon, which is the city that we're in in Myanmar. And um, and we spotted this girl in that same nighty still walking. And she was on errand for her captors. Um, and so they pulled over and they were like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm, you know, she, I'm not sure what she was doing, but she was doing something that they'd asked her to do. Um, and so our team said, can you come? Because they weren't with her, her captors weren't with her at the time. Um, come with us, we'll show you. We'll bring you back, you know, we'll be as quick as we can. And so we were able to pop her in the car, take her, show her, build the trust, like actually show her, meet some of the other girls that are already there, have a chat. Like we are absolutely here to bring you freedom, restoration, partner with you, journey with you, bring you hope, opportunity. Um, but so we, we had a really quick 
time with her and then we took her back to where she was and quickly did her errands and that sort of thing and then just six hours later she executed that exit strategy and she picked up the phone and ran and and how that looks is you know it can be all sorts of things um, depending on the individual and the scenario and where they are etc but now she is safely in the care of Eden and if that That's that is the just best like, right how good and and so young and so vulnerable but now safe and um and free and now on a journey forward right no going back um everything about eden is about um equipping them for for a big and bright future so it's education it's all the things that they need it's basic health care all those things um so that's just that is just that's how real and present and current this sort of stuff is like that was two weeks ago and you know right now we are in the very, um, very final stages of finalising a, um, no, that's not really the right word. We're in the final stages of, um, of a rescue, which is um, across an international border. What's happened during this, again, this COVID season is it's really, um, it's been a time of change and innovation for Eden. And that's, that's kind of scary, but amazing at the same time. And uh, one of the innovations that sort of came about this year is we, um we launched a chatbot technology which is kind of it's a um it's like a digital neighborhood watch um and it's it's used um throughout these vulnerable communities and it's where we can uh track trafficking behavior we can um get people to report or we can do victim outreach type thing so in a digital space where we can't be everywhere um and so it's this kind of crazy technology because still there is phones and technology despite the fact mm. the picture that i painted before like you know bamboo huts and I, I can't i don't quite understand that i'm i'm definitely not an expert but anyway so so we launched that technology piece on the 1st of september and we did an advertising campaign in the local regions um, and in the vulnerable communities um, and across a couple of our sites in asia and um, as a result of that technology innovation, which was um, built by a guy that is in the Eden team in Myanmar, he is local Burmese guy. Um, this, it, uh, a woman that was trapped, actually a girl that was trapped, uh, just 19, had been sold as a bride, um, saw it and was able to reach out and is on the process of um, being uh, repatriated back to her home country um, she will come straight back into the Eden program. Um, she doesn't so much have family that she can return to. Um, her story is heartbreaking. She was um, trapped as this um, for for a year and abused daily. Um, it's incredibly new, um, and and maybe one day I'll come back and tell you a bit more once you know about her story. But she is now just um, she is with the appropriate authorities, just waiting to come back home. And she will come to Eden, and that is like the best thing. I just can't imagine, you know. Um, I can't again. I just can't put myself in that situation. I can't. My brain can't quite take me there. But um, she is. She is now just kind of waiting to be able to get back in um, to her home country. So that's another really cool thing that Eden is doing. Just just continuing to like push the boundaries and go into new places. You know, we, um, in July this year, in the middle of um, COVID, um, Eden extended our operations in Myanmar and placed 
uh, and rented a new um, shelter and moved into the Golden Triangle. So this is a township that is riddled with crime, run by crime syndicates. No one wants to be there. It's incredibly dangerous. Um, but it's one of the, that, that particular Golden Triangle border is very porous. It's like the river crossing is, you can basically, you could throw a rope over it. Um, and so you're just getting thousands and thousands of humans. It's one of the highest land uh, human trafficking um, paths in the world and but it's it's incredibly as I said it's run by drugs and run by crime and and the amazing leadership of Eden on the ground in Myanmar went let's go there <laughs> and I, I just have so much respect for that boldness and that courage and that bravery but we need to be in that place so in July um, our founder and some of our team went there we hired a local program manager and we've set up a new um, safe house and um, in in this particular township so despite the middle of COVID and um, all that was going on in the, in the middle of this year, particularly in these really vulnerable communities, we are launching new technologies that will reach new people. We are going to areas that people are just like, just don't go there. We're like, well, if no one goes there, that's not okay. So um, Eden have really pushed in and expanded into that space. And you know what the cool thing is to you guys about the partnership, the finances that you give monthly? it's so tangible. Eden is still small enough in the sense, like we're quite big, but small enough in the sense that I know that your donation covers um, our mother baby shelter costs, you know, portion of that Eden Australia, we fund that portion of the Eden operations in the world. And that's a dedicated shelter, um, not in that new township I was just talking about, in our, in our current um, sort of our hub area in Yangon. Um, we have a dedicated mother baby shelter there. Um, and I was there earlier in the year with this beautiful team of Eden volunteers. And it's just this beautiful space where there is a lot of young kids and really young mums both being nurtured. So um, we have a safe shelter, which is just, um, you know, the women and girls without children. But then we have separated the women and girls with children for obvious reasons, I would think. But uh, yeah. And, and so... We, um, we, even Australia, fund the operations of the Mother Baby Shelter. And when I was there this year, you see these gorgeous children um, now growing up in this loving environment. And we have house mamas there that kind of nurture the mums and then teach them to be good mums and help them because often these children are a result of, you know, rape, um, sexual exploitation. So um, help them build rapport um, with those beautiful little individuals and hope, help them heal through that process of um, how that child came to be, but still fall in love with that child and see the child as theirs and not just, a, um, I guess, a result of a really traumatic experience or a time of their life. Or So, um, so much hope, Shell. Right? I'm like, look at me, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, just so like, much just hope. so many things. Amy, it's nearly Christmas. I feel like it was Christmas just yesterday, Kirst. 2020 has just blown my mind in terms of the speed of time. Have you started setting up Christmas yet? No, no. 
I can't, um, I've got my head in the sand as far as Christmas is concerned. Haven't even started thinking about it, buying presents or doing anything to do with Christmas. Surely I agree. It is only March 2020, although I do not want to repeat it this year. No, I want to go back through through it. Yes. (laughs) But you don't have to be done, dear listeners. I know. We are really excited. Our 12 Days of Christmas Declutter Challenge is back again for 2020. And if there's ever a year, that you need a Christmas declutter challenge to kickstart you into the Christmas season. This is the year. It's an awesome course. This is the fourth year, I think, that we're running it. Um, Kess, tell us what the listeners get when they join. You get like 24 videos, don't you? Let mm-hmm. me get this right. 24 videos, 12 are with Amy, and she goes through different parts of your house and different items that you can declutter. And then 12 are with me, and they're more Christmas orientated so not only do you get to declutter in preparation your house in preparation for Christmas you also get to think about Christmas so it's exciting and there's loads of bonuses there's Christmas wish lists and all these lots and lots of things um, all in this really cute little package called the 12 days of Christmas declutter challenge and if you want to buy it as a gift for yourself, it's super inexpensive. It's just $27 and you get lifetime access to the course. In fact, someone came into our 2 million party the other day and said that the 12 Days of Christmas Declutter Challenge was the thing that started her on a journey to decluttering and that has changed her life. After that was pretty incredible for a $27 course. Um, you can do it at your own pace, which is awesome. The hacks in there for Christmas are just brilliant. You're absolutely going to love it. So, Kirst, where do they go? So head on over to our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au slash Christmas, and you can sign up to the course there. We can't wait to hear how you go decluttering this Christmas. Come and join us. I won't be the same without you. I just, I was going to ask you, Shell, um, you've spoken about uh, people selling their children. Um, And that sounds horrible to us. And maybe lots of our listeners know about um, human trafficking. But for those of of our listeners who don't, can you just talk to like what really happens? You know, you spoke that um, people are living in well under the poverty line um, in these vulnerable communities. Um, And I know um, from um, being in some of those (laughs) vulnerable communities myself that um, the crime syndicates and human traffic organisations, they sell a lie. Um, it's not just, hey, can we take your child and put them into sex exploitation? They're sold a lie. And that's why parents will willingly sell their children and willingly, and it's not, they don't see it as selling, they're seeing it as getting money for this child to go and work somewhere or to get educated somewhere. So can you just Give us a little yeah, bit absolutely. Um, oh, I'd encourage your um, listeners. I think we spoke about this a bit before, but if you follow our social media, it's at This Is Eden Australia. Um, we've just recently done a series, actually, so you'll be able to scroll back through on um, on the tricks, on like why, um, like how this happens. So that example that I that I mentioned before is one is that just in utter desperation individuals, criminals swoop in, go take advantage of the vulnerable communities. Um, the other the other really common thing is false of a um, promise of a false job. 
So come to the big city, I'll give you a job in a restaurant or, you know, in whatever, come beauty salon. Um, and then they arrive and straight away they're taken and, you know, chained. I think one of the examples that we use in, in um, and chained and, and starved or drugged or all these things and just kind of forced into submission really, really very um, abruptly. So this idea of a lot of them leaving um, family members in rural communities, traveling to the big cities via bus and, and going and meeting that person that's got this great job for you, which is nothing like what you expected it to be. The other common thing, so it's, it's the criminals swooping in and directly buying, tricking for the job and then being um, the rickshaw drivers also. So um, for those of you that have traveled to Asia, you know, like the little um, bicycles with the I don't know, seat tuk -tuk carriage. Yeah, tuk -tuk, <laughs> or whichever, depends which country you're in. Um, and they meet you at the at the bus stop, for example, and uh, 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 yep, we'll take you wherever you want to go and just take you somewhere else. And they get paid off. So the rickshaw driver gets um, paid off and, and you've just, you've gone. So there's, um, I don't have the stats on me, which is annoying, but I think it's about 42% of people um, are sold um, by their, uh, trick the the promise of a false job um, that's so that's a really big one and then the other one is this um, kind of boyfriend I need you to help me pay my bills just do it tonight and then you sort of trade it and and the boyfriend relationship um, it, it sort of becomes the pimp in in that sort of encounter so mm -hmm. there, there's incredible stories of the deception and the lies that people are fed and told and as I said before then it's it's not uncommon to be resold or re-trafficked. Um, and then that's just incredibly heartbreaking, obviously. And any trust in humans becomes a huge issue because these people are just passed from, oh, I made that mistake. I was promised that job, but this person came in or he came in and he was then my boyfriend. He was going to help me out and that didn't happen. So it's just this crazy web of deception and lies and heartache and taking advantage of super vulnerable individuals. So. One of the things we really love, Shell, is um, the jury that comes out of Eden. Can you tell us a bit, Kirsten and I attended your um, mm. premiere online event last night, which was amazing, and we're Thank looking at so all much. your jewellery. and Yeah, it's incredible. But tell us. We want to buy all of it. I know. <laughs> we were messaging each other, like, if you're going to buy me a Christmas present, I'll have that one. <laughs> I love you too so much. That's cool. That's so good. So tell us how yeah. the jewellery's made um, and what that looks like from an Australian consumer perspective yeah. and why it's so important to know where our consumer goods are coming from. And Yeah. Not yeah, absolutely. So um, as I sort of touched on at the very beginning when I talked about this process of rescue, safe shelter, um, trauma-informed care, recovery, you know, that sort of cycle, um, then we, um, in that, we are also all about education, you know, equipping, empowering these beautiful women, right? Um, and, and part of that employment platform and that training platform is into our jewellery um, Eden jewellery. Um, so the girls hand make the jewellery. So they are paid a full-time wage to be within the Eden program. They work maybe about four hours a day in these gorgeous um, homely offices, um, which, you know, I've been to myself um, and they hand make the jewellery. The jewellery designs are always, um, they come about through inspiration, through someone's story or their encounter or the girls, you know, she's shared a, her story of escape and that's formed the design of a, a piece of jewellery and they work with our um, 
our founder and our designer and we kind of design these pieces and then we, uh, you know, produce the samples all um, locally where we're working and then the girls make them. Um, and not only is that incredibly empowering because it is a job and it's an income and it's building skills, it's also a little bit therapeutic. Um, well not, not a little bit, it's therapeutic because they sit shoulder to shoulder and they giggle and they laugh and they share stories. And if they want to, they will sit there silently. If they want to, they will be way involved in that conversation and having a whole lot of fun and they're making jewelry too so they're braiding they're weaving they're beading they're packaging um and then and then we get the great privilege of selling that here in australia um it's such a beautiful process of not only that it provides a bit of the therapy piece the employment the empowerment the income the training because not only, you know, they might start off um, braiding a piece of jewellery, but then they'll progress on to the more harder, more complicated um, threading or whatever, you know, through that kind of um, continuum of um, complex jewellery making, I guess. And then maybe they'll, you know, this beautiful story right now. And look, I'd encourage you all um, to jump on our YouTube um, channel because we have gorgeous stories or our website Um gorgeous stories of the women that are making it. And Marla is someone that we feature a lot at the moment. And this beautiful woman, um, she, she inspired the speak up range and, you know, she started in, in her video. She tells us that um, she says, when I came to Eden, I didn't want to speak. And the girls allowed me to not speak. She felt so much shame and guilt um, about what she'd done. And then as time progressed, now Marla is like progressed through and she's kind of in this more senior role in she's progressed through making the jewellery and all through that process. And now she's really helping us, you know, um, organise um, what's happening in that sort of office as they make it. And so she's progressed through and, and she works with the women, the new women when they arrive, because she can relate to it. She says, you know, when I got here, I didn't want to talk to anyone, but, um, and that's just stunning that just blows my brain that then we get this privilege actually to then import that jewelry here and sell it around Australia. Um, we have sites that do it around the world as well that do that sort of thing. We, um, but I mean, how amazing to then think that this individual that we are just all about loving on, bringing freedom, opportunity and hope to that we get to sell their jewelry here. And the way that Eden Australia is structured, we are a registered not-for-profit. Our team are all, um, they're volunteers, which is fabulous. And we sell through um, retail partnerships or at markets or at events like you guys came to online <laughs> last night, um, just changing things up because we have to at the moment. Um, and that's, that's hugely important. And the jewellery is, yes, it's all those things I just explained, but then it actually funds, you know, more rescue, more and safe it's beautiful jewellery. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, I don't know if you know, Shell, but I used to be a jewellery maker for Sports Girl. Um, after I finished high school, I, got, I was at uni and I got a part-time job making jewellery. And back then it would be sold at Sports Girl. 
there is such a um, a moment of pride when you finish a complex jewelry piece mm. and you pass it over to you know the retail chain. And I just love the idea that those women get that as well, that they've got a sense of accomplishment and a sense of pride when you look at something and think, I created something beautiful, a history of brokenness or a history of abuse, and then look what is within me, like I can create beauty. That just blows my mind. And I I can always muster up the feelings of many, many moons ago of, of what that feels like. They say, you know, on the um, on the packaging of the jewelry too, you know, it, ha- it carry a story or a message. Or, um, but one of them is um, actually, she says, she's like, I never thought that I could create something so beautiful. Yeah. Because you know, carrying the trauma or the situations that they have, and these these girls, and then they take so much pride in what they've produced. I want to tell you, I know you can't see it right now, but I want to tell you about one of our pieces. It's our signature piece of jewelry. It's called our committed necklace. And it is um, it is a love heart, the outside of a love heart. Um, it's You can separate it, so it's kind of broken. It's a broken heart. Um, one side is gold and one side is dark. The gold hangs slightly above the dark. I'll get back to explaining that bit in a minute. Um, but there is an inside heart. It's very hard to describe without. But there is an inside heart of this outside heart. And that actually, um, that piece of the heart goes on a separate chain and remains with our teams in Asia. You purchasing it here in Australia, you get the outside heart, you get it on a chain and it's a stunning necklace and you can wear it um, around. What happens with the inside heart is that it goes with our outreach teams and we take those out. This is, this is part of our outreach. This is, we give gifts, we bring love, we just bring laughter and a craziness and, um, and good fun. And we take that inner heart with on that chain necklace and when we meet a new girl in a red light district or a trafficking hub vulnerable community we put that necklace around her neck and we tell her that someone somewhere in the world is wearing the outside of her heart and is speaking up against the injustice of trafficking who is believing in her freedom and and i'm bawling (laughs) i was like can i stop there Um, um phenomenal it's a phenomenal piece of jewelry for that reason because it connects us like look at us here and if I'm wearing it I can't wait to tell someone and I can't wait to tell someone that the reason that the gold is sitting higher than the dark is because we're like we believe the good's going to win right like we are speaking up that is the light that is the light that is going to overcome the darkness we will our worlds will our words will win we will see change we will stop this line soon i will not be able to get on these podcasts and say it's the fastest growing criminal industry in the world in criminal industry in the world anymore i want to stop saying that i want to say we've we've tipped the bell curve and we're on the way down and the way that we're going to do that is by believing and speaking up and um and that's what the committed necklace is 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 about you know back to being in myanmar where where can people buy it shell just quickly oh yeah um so this is eden.org all of our jewelry is on there um but if yeah it's it's a feature piece there you can type in committed in the search or just search by necklaces or collections it's the committed collection you'll find it in there um and if people are outside australia where do they same same if you go there if you go um if you're in the states you can go to this is eden.jewelry if you're anywhere else in the world you go to this is eden.org um and i will see all of them (laughs) and we will get them to you um 
I was in Myanmar early this year. I've been a part of Eden Australia started in 2016 um, and it's been a crazy and very cool journey. Um, earlier this year when we were in Myanmar, I had, I want to say the privilege, the heartbreaking privilege of going out with our outreach teams. It's not something that is um, that we do regularly. It's not, you know, this is an environment where we go and it's, um, it's, you know, it's a tense you stick out like a sore thumb there too. That was kind of the point I'm making. You know, we don't think that the answer to this problem is sending Western people into the, you know, that's, that's not generally what we're about. I guess our heart there was that we were seeing great traction in Australia and the work that we do. And I get the opportunity to speak at um, events and conferences in the corporate world, do this with you guys. And I guess just kind of broadening my understanding of the issues was really important from an expansion point of view for, for us, but also um, just, you know, this is, this is the commitment that myself and my family have made. Like Eden is now what we do and will do. Um, you know, it's not just me. My husband is absolutely on board and, you know, he, he's actually funny on the board of Eden Australia. And so it's, this was a time that um, felt appropriate for me to go out and just be a part of um, supporting our team out there that night. Um, I think the key, like I, I still, it was it's months later, and I still can't quite, um, I still can't quite reconcile everything that I encountered that night. Um, you know, from utter complete heartache and brokenness, but couple that with amazing hope, overflowing love for these individuals. You know, like just so. You know, it is this real tension and, and we've got to choose in the work that we do. And and I speak about this from the work that I do in Eden, but I'm sure we could all apply it to all sorts. We've got to choose the hope bit, right? Yeah. We can't, I can't choose to stay in the heartache because the heartache bit goes, human trafficking's paralyzing. I can't possibly make a difference. So I'll do nothing. Right. So that's the equation we don't want to, that's not where we want to spend life. We want to spend life in that place that is, that is horrendous and that happens but I am hopeful and I am proactive and I'm going to do something. And it's just a little bit, it's a tiny bit that I can do, but a tiny bit, if we all do a tiny bit, that is a massive movement. And that's when we're going to see change. So, you know, that was kind of, I went out that night and I still reflect on it regularly. Um, and, and I'm choosing hope and I'm choosing positivity and I'm choosing despite that incredible darkness, um, we got to be hopeful and we've got to keep pressing in that night I got the opportunity to hang the inner heart around a woman, a girl, a young girl that we met, our outreach, outreach team met for the first time. And um, with an interpreter, I got to just tell her that, tell her that there is an army of women and men in Australia. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, with, with the help of a translator. That, and, and I got to tell her that there is an army of us that want to see her free and don't want to see any of the girls that she was standing side by side with that night um, do what they have to do and what they've been, you know, what they're held captive to do any longer. And, um, and two weeks later, our outreach team went back to that same site and took a photo with her, you know, because it is, it's actually this, it was kind of this crazy, it was really, it, the team made it fun. You know, we took joy into that place we took there is people that see you we're going to come back and build friendship we're going to come back and we're build, going to build trust um and two weeks later the team went back and she's still wearing that necklace you know we go back we go back there's multiple sites but we keep going back um and and my hope 
is that she, the time, the, the courage and the opportunity will collide and she'll have that necklace and she has that exit strategy number. And when the time is right, she will get out of there. And she knows now, like before she, she was tricked to be where she was, she was invited by a friend. Another key um, strategy used by traffickers is uh, have one individual captive and then bring, like get them to ring their mates and say, hey, I've got this great job in this big city, come along. So imagine, like, that is just so hard. They, they have no option. It's, you know, you're, yeah. you're beaten if you don't. Um, but then the guilt that they live with, this is actually something that, yes. um, you know, they talk about a lot. Then I, I brought my friends into this environment, but the choice was kind of non-existent in a way. Mm. Um, so so that, that girl that night, she'd not been there all that long. She was tricked by a friend, as I said, a friend kind of having no option in a way. And and didn't know that anyone knew where she was, her family, no one knew, she'd just gone missing. And now we could say to her, I see you, I value you, I believe in your freedom, you know, and we will keep coming back and we will keep building that friendship and we will keep building that trust. And when the time's right, you will contact us and you will, you know, this is kind of the message. That night didn't end how I wanted it to in front of my eyes. She was, um, she was sold. She, we were having this chat. We'd been there for a long time. Um, I was, I was just blown away by this sense of, you know, a car drove up, the, the madam like clicked her fingers and these girls sort of then all of a sudden shuffled and lined up um, on a, on a footpath like they um, just, they shouldn't ever have to do. And then the, the customer just, kind of stood there and pointed like and I, I just I wanted to run at that situation I wanted but you know that that also is not appropriate that's you know that is not that's that's it's not what's appropriate in this environment um and I obviously trust so much the um the way that Eden works and you know the example of the um the beautiful girl in Pink 90 before that there is a right way to do this um, we don't want to contribute to more trauma. We don't want to cause, you know, we don't, you know, you, it's it's got to happen really. Um, anyway, and and she got picked after we'd spent half an hour to 40 minutes talking to her and I watched her walk off down um, a little lane there in front of my face. And everything about that, like that's just weeks of tears. But the beautiful thing if we've, we've got to hold on to hope, that is what we're about. That is Eden's mantra. We are hopeful. And, and she now knows she has, there is someone that sees her. Um, yeah. And something around her neck to remind her of that. Right. Constantly. Yeah. And then, and this idea that us here, it's, you know, it's just $55 for a committed necklace. Remember that's two necklaces because one's staying with our teams in Asia. And, um, and, for us, it's also just a reminder for every day. I can be like, what have I, what have I consumed today? What am I thinking today? Like, how am I, can I do a little bit of something today? Mm. Do I have a teacher's gift? <laughs> Here comes the jewelry plug, but do I have a teacher's gift for Christmas time that I'm going to have to buy? Go and look on the sale tab and this is Eden.org, you know, $10. Absolutely. Like stuff. Hmm? Absolutely. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Teachers' you know, gifts, like real, I, coaches' gifts, mums, aunties, sisters. If brothers, your husband doesn't want to have to buy for you, just buy it and give it to him and say, look, there's men's jewelry as well. It's beautiful. 
And this is like, we, this is so, um, this is our, um, we are always telling you to be intentional about what you bring into your home. Yes. <laughs> and we're, we're not often plugging you to go out and splash your cash around and bring more stuff into your home or to, and we're always talking about experience gifts, but this is an experience gift. Yeah these gifts and these like this jewelry is very ethical intentional shopping you know that you're changing lives when you buy this product and they're absolutely stunning pieces of jewelry mm. not- they're not cheap jewelry it's really good quality um, but it's cheap <laughs> oh yes i mean cheap in <laughs> not cheap as in expensive cheap as in quality it's really good quality <laughs> Which I um, love. I don't, I'm not a jewelry person that buys like the cheap jewelry that's going to fall apart and tarnish. Mm. And you know, I can. I need sterling silver, otherwise my ears get infected. Like, yeah, we do. Everything's nickel free and yeah. um, all quality controlled in that sort of environment too. Because we've got a, we've also got to pass appropriate regulations and that sort of thing too. And so. they're beautifully packed. Um, in fact, tomorrow I'm getting my hair done. Yay, Melbourne! It's been oh. forever. <laughs> And uh, Danny, my hairdresser, is a volunteer for Eden. Um, so I might Danny. snap yeah. a photo of the collection she's got for sale in the in her salon as well so we can just show you a few items. Yeah, so good. The other thing that we do have on the website, just to your point, Kirst, about, you know, intentional and not over, if um, we do have gifts like um, in the gifts tab on the top menu, you can um, purchase like um, a welcome kit so you can jump on there and it's so what that is is that means that we so whenever the girls arrive like again if you think about um gorgeous girl in the pink nighty with nothing like with the nighty on her back so they get a welcome pack so it's got underwear a toothbrush a coat hanger some you know just sort of um just things to get you going before we then go and do a bit of a shop or what have you we need some things to set the girls up so they can come in and, and have a shower you know and and put something on so you know they're so inexpensive it's like $15 for a welcome pack um you can you can pay uh, two months worth of art therapy which you know I said before and it's still so so incredibly inexpensive in our mm-hmm. terms in our you know terms. like you can do a $40 um and that is so tangible then that just flags for me I um and we send that straight to the team in Asia. And that means that it just pays the salary for the woman that comes and does the dance training with the girls. Um, you can pay rent, you know, you can pay rent for one of the safe shelters for a month. I think that's only $500. Don't quote me on that. I've got numbers going everywhere in my head, but you know, there is incredible um, opportunities to there to gift. Even if you're like purchasing with a purpose and you just don't, jewelry's just not your thing, or you don't have any teacher's gifts or anything, stocking fillers or girlfriends or mums or what have you that you want to buy for you can also do that and then um we send you out a little card which says thanks you know explains what um what that was too so that's that's another idea for christmas if you don't want to go down the jewelry idea um yeah. can i tell you what we yeah tell us about the gift boxes and oh. the other product that the Ravel family are purchasing in spades oh. are the face masks that the girls are making elijah said to me the other day mum yeah. 
I think it was one of your friends in the school playground, but she gave me these for you, like this pack of new face masks that we bought because the kids are just wearing them every day. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's Michelle, honey. <laughs> oh, oh, do you know what? Actually, that was Adele. She did that for oh, me. Was it? Yeah, sorry, just confusing <laughs> you. See, there is an army. See, and these people, that's a gorgeous yes. girlfriend. And she, um, she supports me in so many ways and the in-team and she helps out with mask orders. And like all that stuff just makes the wheels really? go round. It's beautiful. Um, so to my, I'll, I'll talk about masks first. In um, As lockdown happened and hit and COVID really hit Myanmar earlier this year, just sort of March, um, we were kind of forced into almost a little pivot, dare I say, um, because jewellery production um, had some complications at the time. Also, we did go into full lockdown. So the girls actually were in the safe shelters not able to come into the offices and the, um, to make the jewellery and also raw materials were a little bit of an issue for a while there while borders closed and what have you. Um, and at the same time, Eden started to partner with a another locally registered NGO in Myanmar and working in the communities as we saw this desperate need that I kind of started this session with talking about just no like not access to food no awareness of the issue of coronavirus so we went out into these communities and we took hand sanitizer which we made and soap that we made um, and education about the existence and we talked about the need to social distance but you know I said it before that you know in the western world we, we don't realize that that's actually a privilege that we have and is not a possibility when you've got nine people living in a tiny hut which is right next door. It's like a piece of bamboo between the next house or what have you like. So, so that's kind of, we, we almost kind of pivoted our outreach a little bit in that sense. We will, because the, the government recognized that what we were doing was really um, integral to the, um, the livelihoods, the, the basic fundamental needs of individuals living in their country. We were kind of given, um, we were allowed to be out and about and, um, and so despite lockdown and curfew, I mean, so this kind of just changed what we were doing for a little while and our outreach teams more focused in sort of that space because red light districts also weren't operating. They all got really pushed underground because they weren't allowed to have, you know, um, the girls on the street. So things just kind of really changed up for a bit. As part of that, at the time, we, um, we identified um, this opportunity to make masks because everyone needed, started needing masks and, um, in partnership with New Hope, which is another amazing organisation there, a locally registered NGO, um, they do do some sewing already. So we started sort of doing sewing in Eden as well, together with New Hope, and we sewed masks. And then it took off, you know, not long after that, Australia needed masks. So um, we we started importing masks, against made by the women. It's, um, it's another beautiful, sustainable skill that they've learnt and now really mastered. It's generated a fabulous additional income opportunity when jewellery sales, global jewellery sales, doesn't matter what the category is, diamonds or costume jewellery, were down during COVID about 89%. So obviously wow. that's a huge <laughs> impact for us, given that the jewellery component funds so much of what we do as well. Um, so masks, just, you know, what an amazing opportunity. So now we import masks and you can buy them on our website as well. There is a tab along the top that says face masks. Um, and we've got all my kids love colors. them because they're not too thick. And they because yes. the high schools have to wear them permanently at the moment, like the whole day they're in them. And uh -huh. so if they're too thick, 
it's really hard to breathe. So yeah. um, Jesse says he can wear it from eight till four and they think they get 40 minutes off during the day to eat. Um, and he says it's the easiest to breathe. So, yeah, so he good. has just one per day and they get washed and we've got a constant little thing of masks <laughs> hanging up drying. They are. They're three layers. They've got a waterproof inner um, layer, all the rest of it there. Um, so they're pretty good. But if you're a surgeon, they're not for you because they're not medical grade, to be clear. Let's not get any <laughs> We had an idea um, a couple of months ago about doing something at Christmas time that was, um, yes, about people gifting jewellery, but let's help them. It's been a tricky year, make really great consumption and gift giving decisions. And so we curated um, gift boxes um, under this umbrella of United Together to Inspire Hope and Bring Change This Christmas. So I think it's been a year of many of us really recognising what's most important in our life and, and making smart consumption decisions. So I, um, Eden Australia, went off and set up partnerships with a whole lot of other like-minded social enterprises and ethical organisations. So we're partnering with um, Sisterworks, who um, work with refugee women. We're partnering with uh, the Freedom Hub, who actually do a whole lot of work in the rescue survivor space in um, actually in Australia because human trafficking happens in Australia and uh, look maybe we can do a whole nother session on that another time <laughs> here I am inviting myself back um, <laughs> um, um, streets coffee um, uh, you know streets are really passionate about um, disadvantaged and homeless youth in Melbourne um, the uh, the can't even think of the oh, uh, hey tiger is a chocolate company we've got pottery we've got all these good we've got three gorgeous gift boxes they range from 119 to 149 dollars um and they are just packed full of ethical purposeful gorgeous gifts there is a tab again i'm going to steer to the website you can read a bit more about what each of those organizations do and the products that we've sourced from them and gift them up beautifully, uh, sorry, package them up beautifully. Um, think about maybe Kris Kringle for your family. If you're a corporate, I would love you to jump on board and get your staff or your customers these gifts. I've done a, a limited range, it's a trial, but to be honest, I was just really, we were really trying to think out of the box of how we're gonna continue to drive revenue in a season of Christmas when usually I would be out doing events and markets and bits and pieces and I just can't do it. So we're trying to just, we're just trying to change it up a bit and they're gorgeous boxes. Um, go to the website, this is eden.org. There's a gift boxes tab on the top menu bar. Okay, so, and with the gift boxes, they are in Australia. Um, sorry, I can't ship them all around the world. Um, I the products within them were chocolate and coffee and bits and pieces. So, um, so sorry, just to the Australian listeners, um, please jump on board and um, get involved with the gift boxes. We um, have popped in a discount code for you: ten percent off your shopping um, through until Christmas time uh, with. Eden, so at thisiseden.org, 10% discount if you put in discount code the art of decluttering. All one word, all lowercase. That'll give you 10% off. You can use that through until Christmas, but I would encourage you to um, get on soon. They are uh, limited. So um, if you're interested in a gift box specifically, um, jump on board, but that will give you a little uh, discount off uh, for your Christmas shopping because 
we love the art of decluttering <laughs> and we love you. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being on our podcast. Uh, we could literally listen to you all day. I know your passion is contagious. And you have so many more beautiful stories and loads of I them do. are over on your website. So everybody yeah. go. This is the one and only time that the art of decluttering. Shop, mm-hmm. <laughs> shop, shop. Yeah, go shop. <laughs> go, go, buy it all. Ethical and intentional. It, feel good about it too. Yeah. That's right. Yes, because it is ethical shopping at its best because yeah. you're directly impacting vulnerable women and children so thank you Michelle for all the beauty that you possess and all of the grace that you extend and you're just I we have loved you for all this time and it is beautiful watching you um do your thing in this world as well so thank you ladies thank you so much for having me on we will see you all next week. So don't forget to visit thisiseden.org. Have a look at their incredible products. And we want to extend the biggest thank you we can to you as our community mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. enabling us to partner with Eden. So thank you. You are making a yeah. difference. And um, we will continue to partner with Eden and, and see freedom come to people all over the world. So we will see you next week. Have a great week. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook so others can find our podcast too. Don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, artofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom.